Jersey is the world. Hi everybody, Chris Gethard here. Welcome to another episode of New Jersey is the world. You can hear it in my voice, I'm tired. I've been running all over the state. I'm recording this uh, the morning after I did a live show in Ocean Grove at Flux Modern. Tonight I'll be heading down to Burlington County. That show sold out. Thank you so much. We've only got a couple shows left on the old New Jersey is the world tour. We got November 18th in Turnersville, November 25th in Woodstown, which led an old friend to reach out to me recently and just go, Woodstown? And I said, yeah, that's this tour. That's the whole point. We're going for it. And then Cumberland County, we are still trying to nail down a venue. Thanks to everybody who's been coming out. And if you want to come out to Turnersville or Woodstown on the 18th and 25th, you can get tickets at chrisgeth.com. And I just want to say it was so cool to do a show over at Flux Modern. We interviewed... Drew from Flux, a few months back on the show, you might remember, he told us all about how he got into this game of finding and refurbishing old furniture and selling it, and how his punk rock roots really informed the whole business, and it felt really full circle to be at the venue, and both Mike D and Bonaduce were at that show, and I have to say, walking into a refurbished furniture store that focuses on mid-century modern with Mike D was like walking into Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory with a child. It was the best to see his gears start turning and to see those conversations unfurl. Just wanted to say a huge thanks to Flux again for having us. And please do support them. If you need furniture, they're out there and their prices are good for the quality of what you're getting. And they're the best. So support Flux Modern and Ocean Grove. Thanks so much for letting us do a show there. Today's episode, we are so happy to bring it to you. It is a frank discussion of Newark Airport, a place that if you live in New Jersey affects your life. I don't care if you live farther south and you only use the Philly airports or the Trenton airport. If you're one of those people using the Trenton airport as your primary airport, the Newark airport is still such a center of gravity in this entire state. It defines people's image of New Jersey. There are people who only see New Jersey, as we all know, because they fly into Newark and then they skedaddle on over to New York and it leaves a lasting impression. Mike and I have utilized this airport hundreds of times. Bonaduce helped build this airport and we've got opinions. You know what else we have is a wild amount of tangents. I've heard from a lot of people who have told me that when it's when it's me and Mike and Nick and the episodes are a little unfocused and we wind up going down rabbit holes that a lot of people have expressed to me that they enjoy that vibe of the show, well, man, is this episode for you. Because while this episode is about Newark Airport and I stand by it, it's also about uh, one of my greatest missed opportunities in life that has nothing to do with Jersey and like a dozen other tangents that you won't see coming. So, point being, enjoy it. Have fun listening. We had fun making it. Let us know your stories about the Newark Airport in the comments over at patreon.com slash New Jersey is the world. And of course, our voicemail line is always open. If you've had something notable happen to you at Newark Airport, we want to know about it. 973-780-4660. That is, of course, the voicemail line. And uh, so great to see so many of you out there on the road. Thanks for supporting us. Enjoy the episode. Hi, everybody. Welcome to New Jersey is the World. 
your weekly celebration of all things New Jersey. My name is Chris Gethard, and I'm lucky as always to be your host. And I'm joined by my good pals, the one and only Mike D. How are you, Mike D? I'm in great spirits, <laughs> and I'm trying very hard to hold things together right now in, in a positive way. Panajuch, how about you? You in great spirits? I'm I'm in extraordinary spirits considering um, how my week's been going, and I hold that in. Uh, uh, I'll attribute that to the hat that I'm wearing tonight. And I don't know if you remember when we went back, maybe last year or the year before. I can't remember when we were doing the um, different flags, and we were looking at the state flag of New Jersey. And this is the hat that's hanging on the staff that Mike D uh, gave me as a gift for Christmas. So. Uh, during cold weather to keep my bald head warm, I put this on, especially during the show, and it gives me great inspiration to uh, channel all my energy um, towards entertaining people. It's a brilliant hat. Don't do it, Nick. Come on. I'm just going to do it. That's a joke. Do you want me to take the hat off, too? No, that's okay. fine. <laughs> that's fine. All right. Should we just start over? No. Keep this all in? Or we can, Carson will edit it. Don't worry about okay. it. Okay. I'll admit to being bad. Now, Mike D, you've prepared an outline tonight because we're going to discuss a place that everyone in New Jersey crosses paths with, everyone has an opinion on, and everyone relies on in some way. We're going to do a deep dive look at the famous and infamous Nork Airport tonight. Hmm. Something that comes up on this show very, very often is one of us or a listener will reach and you know get in contact with us and tell us there is something about New Jersey that other states or other people are picking on. They make fun of the Jersey Shore, they make fun of the Parkway, they make fun of our accent, and you know a big part of the show is we are very quick to defend those things. And I would say we're almost completely right. The one thing that I feel that we cannot defend. Because it is a place of genuine evil is Newark Airport. This is the one place I feel like we cannot defend as New Jerseyans because it is just awful. Very strong opinions. I'll say I have, I, have, I have very mixed feelings. I have very mixed feelings because on the one hand, I do think it's an efficient airport. I do think that the Terminal A upgrades are pretty fantastic. Uh, very positive change. On the other hand, I know that there's times where I've flown internationally and when you leave Newark Airport and you land someplace else, in general, I mean, there's a handful of exceptions to this, but in general, when you get to other places international, the customs agents are nice and you feel welcomed into the place where you are and you're excited to be there. Whereas... When you return to Newark Airport, I have seen customs agents scream in the faces of people who are not even doing anything. Just being like, hurry up. Where are you going? Where I go, oh yeah, this place is bad. So I am, I am left remembering this place is fundamentally bad, even if it's more efficient than it used to be. Every, I, I think almost every airport that I fly in and out of is better than Newark Airport. And every time my opinion starts to shift, okay, they upgraded Terminal A, they put in a really nice new fancy lounge there, then something happens which sets back my opinion 100 points. I mean, every single time. I mean, I, I was just in Newark Airport 
in the new terminal. Um, wait, wait, I, I had just come out of the lounge. I was waiting for my flight and I had a couple of minutes at the gate while they were, where they were calling everyone up and a Newark airport employee, a custodian of some type sat down next to me and began watching horrific pornography on his phone <laughs> while he was in his uniform in the terminal. You know, his, his broom bucket on wheels was right next to him in full view of hundreds of people. And I was, come on, really? You're in your uniform. You have a name tag on. <laughs> well, he, knows, he knows where all the good uh, Wi-Fi spots are where you can get really fast service. So he's like, this is the spot right next to Mike D. Um, in general, I park at one of the off-site parking places with the uh, little shuttles. And that is one of my biggest problems. Generally, when you drive the car there and you leave it there, <laughs> that little bus comes and picks you up right away. Getting back, there have been times where I am legitimately half frozen to death waiting for that thing. Standing on an island in the middle of fucking traffic. Um half frozen to death. I would say fundamentally that's one of my biggest infrastructural complaints about the Newark airport is, uh, is that. But that's your choice to use an off-site parking facility to save money. It is, but the on-site, I've never been able to figure out the on-site parking. You just pull into long-term parking and they charge you an arm and a fucking leg and you take your ticket and you hope you don't lose it, otherwise they won't let you out afterwards and you're fucked. Oh, that's true. Another fundamental complaint about the Newark Airport, too. One thing that they've tried to stop because they opened the cell phone lot. But I love that dude, lot. Dude, the cell phone lot's a game changer, but we need people to start using it. What we need to stop is... <laughs> The fucking psychos waiting for the texter call from their relatives that their plane landed who just park everywhere on the shoulder in the, on the fucking white triangle on the off ramps. Don't even get me started. Up on the fucking dividers. Like every single <laughs> major fucking roadway Go, into Nick. Newark Go. Airport. Okay. This is my anthropological fucking study after living there for over three years. While going through COVID, while going through a divorce, and them rechanging, because when we started building that thing, it was called Terminal. It was going to be the new Terminal One, and then all of a sudden they switched it to Terminal A again because, like, they thought people were going to be confused or think they were at the wrong airport. Who the fuck knows? Every single road on the way in there, if you're on one and nine, nine, fucking twenty-two, every major fucking road, and like, if I did this and I pulled over. And like the triangle between moving traffic and exit and park there, I'd probably get arrested or like come and have my car investigated, whatever. And if you're going to attack the United States or an airport, these are all great places to park and like launch a missile from. So I don't know how people get away with doing this. And if they're not there and you're a livery driver, you know where you go? You go to the fucking 7-Eleven with your giant goddamn fucking black Suburban. You sit there. You don't even buy coffee. And then the like the transit cops have to come in at 6 o'clock and flush them out. And even recently, I've gone and I've used the cell phone lot to like pick people up, which is great. But like you're saying, nobody uses it. You know what I watch when I go there? When I used to go there, I would take coffee, go over there and take a nap. You know what they use that lot for? People that are adopting dogs from like other fucking states that they fly in. Do you know how many dogs I have seen change hand in this Newark airport cell phone lot? The 
Skip this dynamic too. of Newark Airport, I can go. Don't even. I'm just going to let you guys lead because I will just ramble forever. No, this is what this episode needs. No, there's plenty of. You can listen to Bonnie Dude's ramble anytime. Mike, he prepared a nice outline full of facts, but I want to hear from you. You want the no? You want the unknown facts? Because what do you think? These dog breeders fly I up. I think it's like it's like how. Listen, I always adopt it from local shelters, and then one day I come home and I'm like. There's a dog in my house. This is like several years ago. I was still married. I'm like, oh, I adopted this dog from like South Carolina. I was like, well, I'm not even going to ask how much that fucking cost. But it's like, oh, it's only $120 plus the fucking like $300 this and blah, blah, blah. So it's like, whatever. So I think a lot of these people do a good thing like where they raise money from shelters from the South. And then they ship the dogs up here. And there's suckers like us that don't go to their local shelter and get a dog from somewhere else because you feel bad. And that's there's nothing wrong with that. Um, so yeah, I've seen some strange stuff like that. Anyway, I'll stop there. <laughs> the illegal dog trade. My other big gripe with the Newark airport is I've flown a lot over the years, a lot. Now I'm not a 1K United guy. I'm certainly not global services. That's I could rant for literal hours about global service, which if you don't know, is the secret level of frequent flyer. You'll often hear it'll be like uh, people with disabilities, people who need extra time, people with children, uniformed military, global services. You're welcome to board. Google that shit. That is rich people being coddled in a way that is, I am so jealous of and so mad that it exists. Do you know these fuckers have a secret restaurant in the Newark airport? There's a secret. I would not be surprised if Mike T went. Yes. Do they have a secret handshake? Does is Mike D belong to this organization? No, no, I don't fly. I don't fly that much, but I do have someone that I know from work is part of this, and I think the Star Ledger actually wrote a story about this. He was flying somewhere and he was transiting through Nork, and Morton's Steakhouse actually brought him a steak onto the like basically met him at the terminal when he got off the plane with a steak. This is a pretty well documented story. Like that's the level of service you get if you're a part of that club. I am not part of that club. Dude, there's a restaurant and it's already one of the sort of fancier looking terminal restaurants where I go, how does anybody have enough time to sit and go there? And there's apparently another restaurant behind it that's huh. like a real chef level restaurant. They have like a chef table. Yeah, and you get the fucking invite. Apparently, before you fly, you'll get the invite about, you know, hey, you've been invited to this restaurant. I've never gotten that shit, and it bums me out, man. Bums me out. One, one day, Chris, one day. Also, I fly United a lot. The United Club. I've been in there a few times because I get a couple passes. The new one? It's not that Dude, it's not that good. They let any. They let all the riffraff in. I mean, if they're letting me in, we are. You are riffraff now. If they're letting me in, of course they let all the riffraff in. <laughs> but the place you're still shoulder to shoulder with everybody fighting over fucking hard boiled eggs at a weird buffet. You got to go to the. Are they free? Yeah, you go to the the cool guy lounge, right? I go to the 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 Centurion lounges. Yeah, the MX one. Centurion. I have a Centurion. Is that the shit in there. They have good food in there. And they'll actually make food for you too. Ooh, they have an omelet station over here fighting for like. An- Sometimes they do have omelet station. Individually wrapped English muffin that you have to toast yourself. Chris, you want me to come over and make an omelet one morning? Dude, the lounge, the lounge at LAX. I once took a fucking shower twice. I've taken showers at the lounge at LAX. It's so much nicer. 
It's almost like a truck stop. You should go to Love's Truck Stop. They got showers there too, you know. The Cathay Pacific Lounge at the Singapore airport has an actual chef that will make you ramen from scratch with anything you want. In it, yeah, which is very they'll cool. go out and forage for mushrooms outside and you can watch them. At Newark Airport, you'll pay $26 for a, a oh granola bar and a bottle of smart Dude. water. Yeah. Pay 25 bucks for a fucking pork roll, egg, and cheese, and they don't even cook the pork roll. Have you seen pictures of those stacked pork roll, egg, and cheese sandwiches? Or Taylor ham, egg, and cheese sandwiches? It is true. The breakfast sandwiches at... The Newark Airport, you have to take out a loan against your fucking house on these things anyway. All right, Mike D, let's make sure we use your outline before this is just ranting and raving because <laughs> while I do, I'll also say this, man, Terminal A, I've talked about it on the show before, I think. Nick, you have got to chill. Did you hear it? Yes. I'm sorry. It's, I'm, it's keeping me from smoking cigarettes. I'm not even going to explain to the listener what's happening right now. Uh the Terminal A has these, uh, on the pylons, they have uh, video screens with New Jersey trivia. And I'll say, <laughs> they've made it harder along the way because I was acing it every question, and now they get me <laughs> on a couple questions. But I do like the New Jersey trivia feature. Terminal A has a lot of Jersey pride. A lot of Jersey pride, and I do like it. In the, do you want to know about the? Uh, do you want to know about the security features that are built into the stanchions that you're watching that trivia on, and the steel plates that are eight foot long that are embedded into them? If somebody tries to drive through there, they can't drive into the front of the really? terminal either. Yeah, you help build that shit. We yeah, we had to actually set every single one of those stanchions that you see on Terminal A when you're pulling up to arrival of the portals. We had to actually lay out like. And they had to be like okayed by like security and everybody else. So when you're watching your trivia, think of that. Okay. Good to know. Sorry. There you go. All right. Mike D, let's break down some facts about Newark Airport. Um, my favorite one I was very curious about. I really like airport codes. Why is Newark EWR? I never understood why. It makes no sense. Me neither. Because you cannot use the letter N in an airport code because all of those are used by the Navy. Oh, no shit. That's interesting. Okay. Yeah, which I guess is why so, JFK is not New York, right? Cut off the first, yeah. I wonder how they settled on EWR. They just got rid of like the N and then put the rest of the letters in. Yeah, it's sort of if you were... So like if you had an N, it would have been Newark. Now it's just... I guess that's fair. EWR. Um... Most people know this, but Newark Airport is only partially in Newark. Elizabeth. It is half officially owned by the city of Newark and the city of Elizabeth. And those two cities together lease the land to the Port Authority, who is the actual runner of, of Newark Airport. Uh, this one is wild, though. So it was originally built in 1928 on marshland, of course, <laughs> because it's North Jersey. And they used donated Christmas trees and old bank safes to fill in the marsh. So <laughs> gotta go get those bank safes. What if there's still money in some of them? We gotta see if there's anything in them. I know. That and dredge, like when we when we took down the um the runway over there and we got into there's no indigenous like soil there. So a lot of it was spoils from dredging out of the local waterways. <laughs> so we found a lot of very interesting things. One of the big things that uh, a lot of guys get into are like bottles. So you find a lot of bottles that are in pristine shape and been packed in like wood, but it was like pure sand where the new terminal was built, like terminal A, the new terminal A was all like dredge material, which was like sand, pure sand. So it was hell working out there. You need all, all kinds of specialized equipment for that, I bet. No, it was just that their plan originally was to like 
trench dig this form work, but you can't do that in sand because it doesn't hold this form. It was like a whole thing, but like, you know, it's just... Because you were on that job forever. I mean, from the pilings in the ground that they that we drove into the ground to like the demo of the existing airfield to the footings to the steel that was erected, every single thing that you see out there, I can attribute to three surveyors, me, my other coworker, Ruben, who I work with now on the Portal River Bridge, and a couple other guys that were like subcontractors for some other outfits. Um, and I'm not kidding you. We were there like, and I, that's why I have like this, I have like this trauma response now. Um, when I go to Newark airports, like you, when you go somewhere and like, I understand what you're talking about earlier about these, uh, workers in the airport being angry. Could you imagine if you had been working there for 10 years? I was there for three and a half, four years. And like, you're just like, you just get fed up with it and you have to deal with the public all the time and stuff like that. So if you were, if I was like, I don't know, like a regular employee there i'd probably lose my mind because i was there for four years and i almost lost my mind i don't know the tsa workers their level of anger and rudeness is wildly disproportionate considering that like that's a good well-paying union gig with benefits i don't think it pays as good as you think i don't know i'm talking like i bet you they top out at like 30 bucks an hour after taxes and paying your own bullshit, like that's not a lot of fucking money. And you got to deal with jerk offs from all over the world. It's not so little money that you should be abusing children in the security lines. But that's just part of being in Essex County, too. Yeah, though, you know what I mean? Separating, separating families with no explanation. And, uh, <laughs> it's like you're going back to Honduras. I'm not from Honduras. Not even, I'm just saying, like, there'll be some family <laughs> trying to get through security, and it'll be like the. Kid has to stand over there by themselves in the corner while we frisk the mom in front of the kid. Like, absolutely see stuff like that all the time. Those and, traumatizing life uh, events are important for any young child growing up. I am left wondering right out of the gate. I'm like, there are other American airports of similar size and importance to Newark that I do think Newark is better than. Um, there's a handful of better than Denver. Denver's awful. Denver's rough. Denver's rough. And they, what makes Denver bad? Well, first of all, Denver is like run by the Illuminati and has an evil horse <laughs> statue. <laughs> I'm the one that's um, fucking, yeah. they Denver, you have to walk so fucking far. So far. And they try to cover it up with real hip, like neon art. And it's just not. It's like. They don't have, have people to, movers? No people movers? They have some of that shit, but it's just not. It, you wind up. You wind up. Uh, you wind up moving yourself more than people movers. You move you, and it's like, hey, this charming art on the wall does not cover up the fact that you've given me. A, I have to get from one terminal to the other for my layover in an amount of time that's fucking impossible. So save the neon art. You also have to walk uphill. Orlando at Denver, dude. Orlando, I don't like because you have to take a train to get from the terminals to the exit. Any any place Ugh. where I have to take a train to get out, I don't want to do that. Um, Atlanta is another one that's the king of Atlanta's the king of like, hey, your flight landed and your next flight leaves in 17 minutes and you have to walk three and a half miles indoors through an airport. Um, even O'Hare, I would put uh, I would put Nork and O'Hare on a similar footing. And I think it's a crapshoot as to which one's gonna give me a better or worse day. I think Nork is probably better with check-ins. O'Hare is probably better on the inside. And I'll also say this too. I was a LaGuardia guy forever when I lived in Queens Oof. and I did JFK a lot. I think Nork's probably better than both of them at this point. Huh. What do you know, Mike D? I don't know. 
Uh oh. Mike just looked in horror. What does that mean, Mike? Day? I mean, maybe not JFK. Professional flyer number two answer. As far as that, LaGuardia. LaGuardia is bad. LaGuardia. But it's efficient. LaGuardia is like, but dude, it's like you get with a, in a fight with a TSA worker on the inside and then on the way in. And then when you're inside, it's like, oh, and the only thing we have to eat is cold Auntie Anne's pretzels that were cooked yesterday. Like Ugh. that one terminal doesn't even have a fucking place to eat. No, you can only get the ex- like uh, expired egg salad sandwiches that are Ugh. in one of those small refrigerators in there. Machine of death. LaGuardia is LaGuardia awful is for it's it's awful for amenities, but flights go in and out of there pretty. Uh, I I think much better than they do in Newark. I mean, Newark, Newark was literally rated the worst major airport in the U.S. in 2022, <laughs> and it's and it was, and it's always one of the worst for delays too. That's the other problem with Newark is the flights are constantly delays. Right? They max out at 81 flights an hour which is not enough for an airport that big. It's already over. Yeah. It's already broken before your plane takes off. There's just not enough. Yeah, capacity. I mean, JFK JFK probably is hands down better, but Terminal A's upgrade does give it a run for its money. Well, all the other terminals are going to be replaced in the next few years. Like, this is all part of, like, that whole chain. Next thing that they're going to do is the air train that connects all the new terminals. Oh, the sad monorail. Well, it's going to be a new sad monorail. It's a big project. It's even sadder one. I mean, like a three-year job, at least. The monorail is okay, though, because it does connect to the regular New Jersey transit train, which is actually a fairly civilized way to get to Newark Airport if you live near NJ Transit. Not, that I will now, give Mike, props. I'm not going to out where you live, but I think you are. You probably use a line that does that, which is fucking awesome. I I do. If, if I feel like it, I can go to the train at the end of my street and be in Newark Airport in... 20 minutes tops. That's it's, yeah, that's really that's convenient. Bad, man. Yeah. That they did really well. Um, but I mean, getting to and from Newark Airport by car, like you mentioned, Chris, is tough. And the taxi scam at Newark Airport is horrendous. That is one of the worst things if you need to catch a taxi out of Newark Airport. I mean, it's just disgusting. To head home. Yeah. I mean, you, you, you wait in this crazy line. Where there's a person screaming at you and you can't understand what you're saying. You get to the front of the line. They ask you where they're going. A person hands you a slip of paper and they write an arbitrary price on it. I've had, when I, I, I tell them the town where I live and I've had them write a price that's anywhere from 40 to $160. And then they I, hand I, it to I, the taxi this. driver, right? I can also tell you, so you guys know, and I don't, I don't say where I live, but I do live right near Morristown. I've, I've, I'm comfortable saying that. And I will say that I once told the taxi person, I don't even know if I want to share this. I did once tell the taxi person where I lived and they went, where's that? I went, it's next to Morristown. And they looked at that little chart and said, just say Morristown or it's a hundred dollars more. And I was like, why? Why? How could that be a hundred dollars more? Ugh. Why? What are you talking about? And then it is pretty crazy. You hand them the taxi slip and then they take you where you're going at a ridiculously inflated price. And then you get there and every single time you go to pay and they say, oh, my credit card machine is broken. Credit card machine also. And dude, you get a taxi 
at the Nork airport and you don't know if the taxi that's going to pull up is a yellow Tesla that rolled off the assembly line three months ago or like a straight up Beverly Hillbilly jalopy that's backfiring every 45 seconds with like a door held close by a Don't use that door. Don't use that door. You don't know. You don't know if the guy's going to be like, you got to hold that door open (laughs) close with your hands. Do me a favor. Just hold the door close with your hands. You don't know what's coming. I took a taxi <laughs> back this summer, and when we were driving down the turnpike, the car was making this insane noise. And I said to the driver, I was like, do you, do you hear that, man? I was like, I don't think that's, that's the, do you have a flat? Is something wrong? He said, oh, no, I just don't have any shocks anymore. It's just struts. <laughs> I <was> like, <sighs> so I was driving in a car that was, the only suspension was the struts that for some reason the shocks had yeah, broken and safe. he had to replace them. I mean, it sounded... <laughs> a factory breaking down. I gotta pay for this medallion, man. I gotta pay for this medallion. Yeah, dude. The taxi stand at Newark Airport is truly a plane, trains, and automobiles level. Well, well you can still like Uber. Now. Why don't you guys Ken, Uber from it there? It was difficult to do until they put in. Yeah. Now they have a a, a ride sharing area where they will pick you up, but but they only put that in semi recently. Yeah. Because before that. It's also fucking expensive. It is. But it's less than the taxi, though, to be fair. Yeah. You don't know. Like, I've had cheaper taxis. And the thing about the taxis is they're so bad that if we're being honest, there's never a fucking wait for the taxis at Newark Airport. Uber, sometimes it's like, oh, it's going to be 20 minutes. Yeah. And then you look across the way and you're like, there's 95 cabs. Nine taxis right there. Yeah. Now you don't know if you're going to get in and there's going to straight up be a fucking dog sitting in the back seat that you have to ride next to a mangy dog. Dude, if you got in the back seat of a taxi cab from Newark Airport and there was a fucking live dog in the back seat, would you even say anything or would you just be like, all right? Like, I just want to get home. I guess I'll put my bag in the trunk because I can't put it next to me because the dog's on the seat. Like, I put the bag between me and the dog to make sure it didn't bite me. On the I would not even be shocked if a live animal was in there, man. It's wild because New York, it's tough, man. I always felt bad. Back when I still lived in New York, I was like, man, these taxi drivers, they fucking pay pay an arm and a leg for these medallions. Some of them are getting ripped off. Some of them are in debt, taking out loans. Uber, Lyft come along and just kind of smoke them. But then you can't deny, like, I've never had a, like, Lyft, you get to give them ratings. And you never have a Lyft driver turn around and fucking scream at you or, like, who's been driving for 12 hours and is clearly like taking uppers to stay awake and is all fucking wigged out and yelling at you. Those things happen. And dude, the Newark airport taxis have less regulation than even the New York taxis. Like you straight up don't know what's coming, man. And some of them I've had really good conversations and some of them are like good guys who do a good job. And then some of them you pull up and you're like, God damn, man, what happened to your rear windshield? It's all fucking shattered and shit, you know? And they're like, some guy got out of line. And you're like, all right, just get me home. Oh my God. Cool, that'll be $99. You're like, and what? Every time I walk out towards the taxi line without fail, I see some poor person or some poor family who are probably not from this area being scammed by a sketchy guy who comes oh, yeah. in and says, oh, you need a taxi? You need a taxi? So God only knows where those people end up. They probably end up at the oh. bottom of the Passaic River 45 minutes. Yeah, exactly. Dude. And have you ever seen them catch those guys? No. no I've, there's no. Dude, they don't even know those people disappear. They don't exist. I've seen confrontations where TSA people would be like, you get the fuck out of here. But <gasps> Meanwhile, it's like somebody from fucking Idaho just landed and they think they're seeing New York City for the first time. And instead, they're seeing some like 
scam artist driver gets screamed at by the fucking angriest TSA agent you've ever seen. And then they got to go see the area surrounding Nork Airport. It's not ideal for anybody. No. God damn, I love it. Okay, let's get back to the outline because this one could easily just be this forever. <laughs> but I think we should take a moment to remember. Does anyone else remember the CBGBs in Terminal C? I do. <laughs> I feel like th- this has to be brought up. <laughs> I do. Which outlasted the real CBGBs, right? It was there after it died. I think it might have been built after it died. It, I, I think so. I, I, so I think that shows it came that? after. No, it was a very sad... No, you could buy like tchotchkes and memorabilia. Uh, it was shit. a sad hamburger stand. But I, kind of like a bad diner. I think that was the final legacy of CBGBs in in the New York area. And there might be one in Vegas now, like in the Vegas airport, I think. But I know in the New York area, that was the final the final gasp of the CBGBs brand. How sad is that? That CBGBs ends at Newark Airport Terminal C, where where poor Joey Ramone is spending his image is looking out over all these sad tourists. There's CBGBs. I wonder if anyone ever actually thought that was the real CBGB. Like, oh, they actually took it out of Lower Manhattan and they put it here, installed it. I've been to CBGBs. It's right in between the fucking Hudson News and the uh, <laughs> vending machine full of overpriced Beats by Dre headphones. <laughs> I gotta have these right now. They were hiring, uh, hiring crust punks to just sit out in front of it. And Car- Carlos Bakey uh, Bakery slices of cake there too. Do they have those yet? Remember Carlos at the rest areas in Jersey? Oh, Carlos Bakery. High-end cake slices. Can I tell you guys, this is only tangentially related. It has actually nothing to do with Newark Airport, but it's a travel-related story, (laughs) and I've never told it publicly, and I need to tell somebody. It's one of my greatest regrets in life. Oh, fantastic. So there was a stretch, and Mike, you can vouch for me because you knew me during this stretch, where... so. I've largely been someone who always, you know, had a significant other and was dating. And I've had two stretches of my life where I was kind of single and went simultaneously a little crazy. Uh, And needless to say, as one does in that stretch of life, I was calling Mike for advice a lot, Um, which led to some crazy situations. But there was one summer, I've talked about it in my work. I, I did a bunch of Molly. I fell off the wagon, did a bunch of Molly with a friend kind of lost my mind, did way too much, did no research into how Molly works. So just pounded chemicals into my brains for about 24 hours straight and then spent weeks recovering. Because you guys can imagine someone with my brain chemistry on the Molly come down after having eaten like 10 times as much as I needed to put in my system in the first place. It really did fuck my head up. And then my shrink put me on Adderall right after that. Wow. And I started eating Adderall like jelly beans. It was a bad fucking summer. I lost tons of fucking weight. My room's never been cleaner with all the Adderall. My room has never been cleaner. And I was sleeping around a bunch. I went, I was really, I was in a, a bit of a hoe phase. And here's where I was reminded of this because of international travel. And we did fly out of Newark Airport. Um, a friend of mine who is a filmmaker, very, very astute guy. And he grabbed me and he was like, hey man, I have, uh, he's Brazilian. And he was like, I got a film in a festival in Rio de Janeiro. He's like, I'm watching you run around New York like a fucking psycho. You're not really acting like yourself. I think we just need to get you out of town. 
So he was, and here's where I think Mike D, you would give it a thumbs up. It was some of the best advice. He's like, come to Rio with me. He's like, because the thing about Rio is if you want to be Mr. Fucking Party Guy, we can go down there and do that and I'll party with you. But it's also a place where if you just want to fucking get your head together and relax, you can really do that too. So you can figure, let's get you out of this New York summer where you're going nuts. You kind of can't break the cycle of going nuts. Let's get you the fuck out of here. So the thing with Brazil is you do need a visa to get there. And it was real short notice. But my buddy who's Brazilian, um, his dad is actually uh, like a newscaster in Brazil, really respected. So he called his dad and he was like, my buddy Chris is going to come, but we need to get a visa. Like, how do we get it in time for us to leave? Because the flight was leaving within a couple days. Jeez. And it was like, okay. Um, he like called the consulate for me. He was like, I'll tell him I got friends there. They'll give him all the correct paperwork. But here's the thing. And I don't think this place is there anymore. He's like, you have to get a special sized photo for a Brazilian visa and everybody fucks it up because they all go and get American passport photo sizes, but it's a different size. And when you're getting a fast track Brazilian visa, this is the thing that all the Americans fuck up. They don't realize you only need, you need a special size picture. But the thing is, there's a McDonald's across the street from the Brazilian consulate in New York. So have them go there. Pick up the paperwork. It'll be set aside in an envelope. I'll have my friend who works there have all the paperwork in order. He goes, above the McDonald's, I think it was on like the fourth floor of a walk-up, there's this guy and he takes photos that are the correct size for the Brazilian consulate. And no one really knows about them unless you're like a Brazilian expat in New York and it's just a word of mouth thing. So you just walk over there and, and he'll, you'll know why he'll know why you're there. As soon as you say it, it'll make sense. So dude, I go to the Brazilian fucking embassy consulate, whatever it is. I tell them, okay, I'm friends with this person. And his dad said, you'd set aside the paperwork. Oh yeah, here you go. He's a good guy. Thanks. You know, da, da, da. so I got the favor done. All the paperwork's in order. I go across the street. I start walking up the steps. This fucking guy is like a painter. He, he's like a painter. And he happens to also take these photos. And he's got all these oil paintings all over his studio. But the crazy thing is, it seems like what he paints is like, he takes old vintage pornography and does oil painting versions. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Old Playboy centerfolds, but like real, more obscure than that. And dude, I look up on the fucking wall. This is one of my greatest regrets in life. And there is a full-sized fucking oil painting of a naked lady with her butt facing the camera and she's covering her boobs and looking back over her shoulder and staring at her and grinning and laughing in the oil painting is a little person in a white bathrobe standing next to a, a pool, an in-ground pool. All these people are Hispanic. So it's a Hispanic <laughs> little person in a bathrobe <laughs> cackling in glee at a somewhat embarrassed-looking naked Hispanic woman who looks like she's been caught by the photographer. And keeping in mind, it is not a photograph. It has now been converted into a giant oil painting. <laughs> and I saw it on the wall, and immediately I was like, I have to own this. 
I have to own this. Did you buy it? I go, in my head, I'm like, this is the greatest piece of art I've ever seen. So he has this little booth set up. He's, I'm like, you do, are you the Brazilian photo guy? He's like, yep, that's my side gig. Let's do it. And he sits me down. There's a few other people there in a similar boat. And he's taking my picture. And the whole time, I'm like, fuck, man, I want it so bad. And on my way out, I'm like, just out of curiosity, are your paintings for sale? And he's like, yeah. I go, how much is that one with the little guy in it? And he, I think he said like $800 or $600 or something. Wow. And I was like, ah, fuck, I can't spend $800 on this fucking thing. <laughs> but I wanted to mount it directly above my bed so bad. Oh, and for fucking years, I was kicking myself. And I finally at one point was like, I don't really have $800, but I've never stopped thinking. And I went back to find him and he wasn't there anymore. No. He didn't exist. No. And do you know the amount of times I've Googled like naked Hispanic lady poolside with little person in white bathrobe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The amount of times I've looked for that picture. What comes up? I mean, nothing good. It's probably like a story out of penthouse forums that he Hispanicized or something into like some whatever memory popped up. Maybe it was head. a written, maybe it was his, his visual version of a written story. I've considered that. Yeah. 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 Isn't there a famous... Like This was the story I never sent into Penthouse. Isn't there a famous 70s skin magazine that did a story on Hervé Villachay? Oh, maybe that's it. Who is Tattoo from Fantasy Island. could have been it. I bet that that's it. could have been it. Look it up. Maybe we can solve this mystery that Hervé Villachay was by the pool and you... in the article. It would make sense. Well, now, just so you guys know, I'm not even on private browser mode, and I'm about to Google Hervé Villache poolside next to Naked Lady. So that's now in my browser history. Nah, man. It's not coming up. It's not coming up. I gotta find... if if Dude, it was the most beautiful painting I've ever seen, and I can't believe it. That's quite the statement. I, th- I did tell Hallie about it and I was like, I want to go back and buy it. And she was like, well, and this, at this point I think we were engaged and she was like, just so you know, if I had come to your house for the first time and that was hanging up, we would not be getting married. Like I would not. She's like, I would have banged you on the first date if I saw that. She No, she was like, I would not have ever come back. That goes either house. one way or the other with girls. I told her about it. I was like, I wanted it mounted directly <laughs> above my bed. This beautiful, gigantic oil paint. Anyway, we're very far off track from the Nor- Nork Airport. Apologies, everybody. Apologies. What? That's That story requires no apologies. no apologies. No apologies ever. I've never heard that story. Anyone knows. That entire scenario, Chris, like every time I hear another crazy story, like, and I'm like, just never top yourself, man. Well, Ooh. I always like telling you the stories from my past because Mike and I were still, Mike and I were actually very close in that stretch. Mike was the guy I was calling all the time. <laughs> But I don't think, like, you and I weren't in touch that much. So these stories still surprise you. I, there was one story. But, like, that's Dude. fucking crazy. Okay, you're going to go to the McDonald's across from the fucking Brazilian consulate. Then you're going to go up to the fourth floor of this fucking building and take pictures with some weirdo who has oil paintings <laughs> on his wall and sexual scenes of uncomfortableness from Dude, Penthouse Forum. There's actually, I'll tell you, and I will not. That's kind of fucking crazy. I'll, man. I'll tell you this. I will not commit this one to being recorded. I will tell you. <laughs> And Mike D will know what I'm talking about, I think. There was one 24-hour people period where I called Mike D for advice no less than six times spread throughout the 24 hours. Mike D, do you remember the day I'm talking about? Yes. I, there was one of those days where I was like, fuck, there's only one person in my life I could even run this by. 
let alone take their advice. All right, let me call my. I called him at nine. All right, okay, it's only ten fifteen. I gotta call him again. It's like Mike here. Here's another fucking update on this one. But yeah, the crazy stretches of my life were Mike D and I would always get, those were always some of our closest periods because <laughs> Mike D is the ultimate friend for like, hey, whatever you're going through, I've been through a version of it and I can tell you exactly where the line between fun and you're going to fuck up your life is. Yeah, and he's always cool, calm, and collective when yes. you're like going through some sort of crisis. It's no one better. When it's like, hey, I don't know if I'm losing my mind or having the most fun I've ever had. And Mike D being like, I remember your advice kind of was like, on that day, you were kind of like, I think maybe both, but I think you also got to go live through this. <laughs> I don't think this is a thing you, I don't think this is the type of stuff you hit the brakes on. I think you live through it and we deal with it tomorrow. But for now, no regrets. And I was like, okay, okay, that's fair. A lot of advice like that from Mike D of like, Mike D is the best friend I got for that type of advice of like, yeah, I do think this is insane. I do think you're going to have some regrets. I don't think that means you don't live this experience. Let's deal with this later. Try not to freak out. Like there's a lot of good advice from Mike D like that. Always go forward, right? Once you take space, don't give it back. <laughs> Nork Airport. No regrets. Baby. No regrets. Nork Airport. Nork. 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 Not Newark. Newark. Nork. I wonder, because, you know, here's the thing I wonder. I know that a lot of flight attendants who um, run routes out of the Queens airports, they get, like, crash pads. There will be, like, an apartment with a few bedrooms and a number of flight attendants all team up on the rent, and they sort of all crash there, and their schedules don't cross over. And that's, like, sort of a notorious thing when you live in Queens. You come to find out about it, that a lot of the flight attendants team up on these sort of cheap apartments in the airport neighborhoods. But what do people do if they run that North? I know many. Where are you living? Coming in and out of the North airport. Many um, flight crew stay at the Dirty Bird. Excuse me? Which is what they, the Dirty Bird, the uh, that really gross hotel that's right there. I think it's the White Swan, or but they, they call it the Dirty Bird. I've, I've spoken to a number of, of flight crew who do that. Really? I know I... Yes. I because um, it's cheaper than any apartment you can find that's within reasonable distance of Newark Airport. Apparently, it's disgusting, but it's cheap and very close to the it. Swan Motel. Yeah. What is the Swan? The Motel? Dirty Bird. Need to go stop by the Dirty Bird sometime. Linden. The Dirty Bird Lounge. Oh, it looks like it's in Linden. There's five million terrible dive. That's the one though. Hotels around Newark Airport. I gotta look. Okay, let's look at some TripAdvisor reviews. Most of them are, dude. The picture, dude. You know, hold on. And you're not far hold from on. Scintillas if you're at Newark Airport. Also, listen. This is the the, the Swan Motel. Another good endorsement in Linden. You guys have got to fucking see this when you go to their TripAdvisor. The photo is a really close up photo of the most filthy fucking old phone I've ever seen. Why is that the photo that comes up? Just a disgusting phone. That's legitimately terrible. With like nicotine and shit all over the fucking numbers. Uh, <laughs> oh. Traveling can be stressful and complicated. That's why our attention is focused on alleviating your anxieties. I like that. They're like, if you run out of cigarettes, you can scrape the phone and smoke it. <laughs> we got to look for the most recent reviews. Dude, this in, here's how you know what type of place the Swan Motel is. Our amenities include free high-speed internet. Yep. 
Uh, for personal and business use, that's cool. They let you know they don't care if you watch porn on their streaming. Okay, Flat screen TVs, uh-huh, I get that. Complimentary shuttle service to and from the airport, great. As well as smoker-friendly rooms. If a place in 2023 is advertising that they have smoking rooms. That's crazy. You know that you're in a bad place. That's rough. Um, oh, my God. Let's, the most recent review is 2022 there. Old and noisy July. place. For a family trip, we spent one night in Swan Motel. It was oh, bad, come on. dirty, bad, furnished. Could you imagine if you brought your family there? Only good point. That's her. Like At check-in and check-out, the people were very nice. Oh, come on. Please. If you pulled up that place with your family, I'd be like, and we're going to go sleep in the parking lot tonight, kids. Sorry. After you've just come out of Newark Airport, <laughs> anyone will seem nice. <laughs> so there's a, there's a bunch of decent reviews. But then there's one that says paid over $100 for a grubby CD room, bed cover with holes in it, no coffee making facilities in the room, no hairdryer, toilet cheese. Honestly, I mean, it says continual banging noise from ne possibly from next door. Well, that's area. Come on. You're complaining because you get a cheap hotel that doesn't have a coffee maker in your room. You can kind of fuck off. Well, would you use the coffee maker? Listen, in a you should never use those things anyway. People make meth in those things. Dude, someone says, I True. would rather have stayed at the airport than stay here again. Hot <laughs> yeah, room I'll upon arrival. The cell phone lot. No toiletries, mold in the shower, hard bed, no safety lock. We used a chair. Never felt so unsafe. Not ideal. <laughs> Not ideal. I've, I've heard from multiple crew members that this was a place that they would all crash out at. A nightmare like from a Tarantino movie. We were very tired and had to stay somewhere, so we I tried bet. the swan. That, I believe. The night clerk wanted the pin to my credit card because she cannot give me the terminal. <gasps> when I refused, she demanded cash. Since I really needed rest, we paid in cash and went to the room. The cigarette and malt smell was only topped by the old and completely destroyed bathtub. Oh, come on. <laughs> which you could slip and break your bones very easily. The sink in the bathroom contained a substance sticking to it, which we didn't investigate. We had to brush our teeth over it, trying not to throw up simultaneously. Oh. The bed linen were also smelly. We didn't try to investigate that further. This was all for $107. Dude, $107 right next to a major airport. I think some of these people are complaining too much. Yeah, you're quite the connoisseur of such places. The room smelled of smoke. The window didn't close, and it's not in a good area. The night manager graciously upgraded to a suite when I complained. The suites are more comfortable. Oh, there you go. Twice the surface area for mold. <laughs> the suite. The rent, they rent rooms by the hour, so you have a slew of prostitutes in and out, thugs pushing drugs at night. Oh, awesome. The cops are there nightly. The daytime manager's arrogant and rude. The nerve. Dirty bird. I want to be a dirty bird. You are a dirty bird. We all know you're a dirty this bird. This is true. We should have a contest where, Nick, you can spend, you'll host a party <laughs> at the Dirty Bird for lucky New Jersey is the world listeners. Oh, my Lord. We'll get a four-hour block at the Dirty Bird. Four hour? No. We're going 24. 24 hours? We're going to... We're going to have it in shifts, and we're going to be running a card game the whole night, too. I've encountered everything from rude front desk clerks to filthy room conditions. Let's not forget the sexual antics that seem to go on constantly in rooms separated by paper-thin walls. This sounds great. Dude, I got no problem. Yeah, are we joining the nudie club next year together anyway? We're going to join Sky Farm down in Basking Ridge. I told Hallie, I was like, yes, you know there's a there. thing in Basking Ridge, there's a nudist club? How'd that go? She goes... <laughs> She said, come on, what are you talking about? I go, me and Nick are thinking about taking the tour. She goes, yeah. dude, she goes, if you think you're joining a 
fucking nudist club with Bonda Douche? She's like, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? Oh, my God. I'm so Why? insulted. My wife knows nothing good because. comes of me and you joining a swinger. Oh, club come on. Together. This is wholesome, like, family nudist <laughs> yeah. fun. Like, yeah, right. It's not like we're playing volleyball with half shirts on and so, no pants. You know, so we geez. still got to get that. That's fucking weird. All right. What else do we need to know about the Newark <laughs> Airport, Mike D? I think this is one of our greatest episodes ever. They're all great. I found that Newark Airport <clears throat> Unless, is, uh, there has been some very bizarre crimes committed there over the years, which is really? not a surprise. Yes. But one of my, this is one of my favorite, this is <laughs> might be the all time greatest crime committed in the history of crime. Uh, in 2016, a man from the Netherlands was arrested by customs agents at Newark Airport with $78,000 worth of cocaine stuffed into his bicycle shorts. Wow. Like, how is that even possible that he could do that? It was five pounds of cocaine that he was caught with in his bike. How do you think they're not going to pat you down? How did like, he even get it? on the plane to get here? You said bike shorts. Probably easy getting on. It's, easy, it's not easy getting off. The articles. So these are like spandex shorts. He said spandex bicycle shorts. Maybe it was the disgusting smell of warmed cocaine being close to his body that permeated the entire fucking plane. I feel like you could look at a man. Like, does anybody else smell that? Do you guys smell that? I was like, what are you talking about? That smells like cocaine. I don't know about you guys, but I know it smells cocaine. Can you smell that? Very out. He's with the big hips. The guy with the big hips over there. And in the outlandish shorts seems to have five pounds of something hanging out in there. They probably just blew, like, whistled it off before. Like, oh, he's Dutch. Don't worry about it. Things are different in Europe. Style is different. He's got it. He's he's heavy bottom man. Why would you, you know wear the is. most tight fitting pants if you're trying to smuggle? I because he probably had those on over his regular pants. Like he had those underneath to hold the the drugs close to him, and then wear baggy pants over it or something like so that. You think he wasn't just wearing? No, it's not like he was just running around with like a big five. I took it to mean that he was just Bozak and his like you know five pounds of powder three pound bag like you gotta like fit it around your body don't you ever, you ever walk uh watch locked up abroad and there's always the moment when they're going to the airport and they're like sweating it out and that's always when they get popped i'm like oh and they're like yeah somebody like told me like they killed my whole family if i didn't you know wrap this 25 pounds of fucking cocaine on me and then they like drop him off at the airport and like the suspicious vehicle the guy goes in there with like a backpack and he's sweating the whole time he's got duct tape drugs duct tape to him and everything terrible like that that's what they try to do. They put on spandex. Any other funny crimes jump out of you, Mike T? There was another good one where uh, New York City-based performance artist <laughs> and photographer Ventico attempted to bring her support peacock Dexter on a flight with her at Newark Airport. Dexter was denied entry onto the plane, even though Ventico had purchased a ticket for the peacock. And a United spokeswoman said the customer was told three times before she came to the airport <laughs> that the peacock would not be able to fly with her. Instead, yeah. friends of the artist drove the peacock cross country. Can you imagine if you got on a flight? Imagine you got the window seat. How, like, what, what happened? They pulled up to the terminal and got out with a peacock and were like, okay, what, do you have it on a leash? What, how do you, what do you do with your peacock? It's a certified service animal. Just lure it with peanuts. That's what I do at Popcorn Dude, Park. Can you Zoo. imagine though you're I in the window seat? Peanuts. And then somebody sits down in the aisle seat and places a peacock in between the two of you. If it's quiet, I wouldn't have a problem with it. But if it was doing like the noise that they usually do, I would have a problem because they go, oh, ah, 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 
And people have awful plane etiquette just yeah. as humans. So I can't imagine the etiquette they would have with a peacock. I mean, I've seen people remove their pants <laughs> on long haul flights to be more comfortable. I, I mean, I, I think actually if you take your shoes off on an airplane, your feet should be shot by like an automatic cannon that blows your toes off. Cause I think that's totally unacceptable as well. I have on occasion gotten down to socks on a long, long flight. I have also seen people take off their shoes and socks. Oh, yeah. And if I'm looking at your, if I can see your fucking toenails on a flight, well, I've just got to air them out, man. Straight up fucking open the hatch and oh. eject you into the sky. Yes. There's, there should be, and, and, well, what if it's a well manicured or pedicured uh, toe? No, Is that okay, acceptable? It's unacceptable. Yeah. I don't have to be seeing bare feet. Okay. Also, just asking. I've never really, I've never had, do you guys see the appeal of the Mile High Club? That was a big thing. This idea of the Mile High Club, I'm like, airport bathrooms are not a sexual environment <laughs> in any way. And logistically, that seems really tough on everyone. Uh, hey, listen, I like having sex everywhere. I wouldn't be opposed to it. You know what I mean? I can't imagine that that's like an actual thing people... With all your traveling, you haven't? No. Get out of here. No. That's it. An airport bathroom is the most cramped space, man. It's the most cramped space. And plus, you're going to... You got to be like fucking, you're getting old, dude. What's that mean? You're like, oh, the bathroom's too cramped to have sex at 10,000 feet. Arr, dude, arr, I'm an old man. Sky cut across my fucking grass. I can't have sex in the sky. I think I'm wrong about this one. I think that's got to be one of the most overrated sexual bucket list items a lot of people have. Oh. I think it's just the the novelty yeah. is why it's just to it's say you so did popular. it right yeah it's, it's one of those things it's a check the check the box bucket list it's not that it's gonna be i don't think anybody feels like it's their peak as a lover no no my peak as a lover is at the swan motel no it's just the badge of uh, you know courage on top of a, on top of a waking up with impintego the next day on top of a mold covered counter with someone who i'm making a uh, lot of deep eye contact with uh, do you do we think that the dirty bird is more skivats than that that themed hotel in yes. South Jersey? Yes. Wow. Because they maintain that themed one on 22. There's the other one on 22 that's themed too, which is equally skivats. Yeah, I don't know. I think... Which is more attainable. I feel like everything within several miles in either direction of Newark Airport has a high level of skivats by nature pretty much. Any uh, cinder-blocked uh, hotel room in the Elizabeth, Newark area around the airport is probably... I had a horrifying spots. hotel room thing last week. I went... I won't out the hotel, but I went... I, I had to do something for work. I got to the hotel, immediately sat down on my laptop and started doing work. Then I went to use the bathroom, and my bathroom was completely flooded. There was two inches of water in there. I go down... I do the whole song and dance. They give me another room. The keys don't work. I go back. In the middle of the night, I wake up oh, and yeah, I you texted pouring this. sweat as if I've spent three and a half hours boxing. I mean, I'm absolutely soaked. And I get up and I'm like, oh, I'll just find the thermostat and turn it down. And in the dark, I wander around my hotel room and I go to where the thermostat is. And all there is is a thermostat shaped hole in the wall and two wires. So clearly the heat in my room was stuck on 99 and there was no way to turn it off. And at that point it was already 3.30 in the morning. 
So did I tell you about the hotel? Me and our friend uh, Franco Danger, great comedian out of Belleville, really great. Also, Franco's got a great special, Mr. Connecticut, dude. He yeah, he played <laughs> he played Mr. Connecticut at one of our live shows. He's from Connecticut. He just put up his special on uh on YouTube. It's got over ten thousand views. He had a bit of it bl- uh, blow up on Reddit. He's doing really good. But awesome. he came to Atlanta with me. I had some shows in Atlanta and Athens, Georgia. We stay at this. Tra- I find this travel lodge real cheap, so we can each get our own room because. I snore Franco snores. I don't want to be woken up, you know? So I find a real cheap option and it's like an airport hotel, but I look and it's like, you know, one of these strips where it's like, there's a red roof in on one side. There's a days in on the other side, travel lodge in the middle travel lodge is on the lower end of that, but like, it's fine. You know, we drive up to this fucking place. The days in looks normal. The red roof in looks normal. Travel lodge shirtless guy in a wheelchair in the parking lot drinking a 40 while a little kid rides a skateboard and circles around him. I was like, Oh, this truly is an Atlanta travel. This is my, this is my home. It was two nights of fucking mayhem. We walk in, the guy sees us, clocks us immediately. It's like late from what I remember. And there's someone in this little lobby area with her kids microwaving fucking food in the microwave. And it was late. I was like, what's up? And then we go to our rooms. Franco texts me. He's like, dude, my fucking bedspread is all burned. I was like, what are you talking about? He's like, there's all these fucking holes burned in it, man. (laughs) I was like, you got to go to the fucking front desk. Tell the guy you want a different blanket. Dude, so the other thing too. So the guy's like, so the shuttles, he he goes, when we check in, the guy goes, we got the shuttle to the airport. Uh, What time are you leaving tomorrow? I go, well, we're staying here two nights. He goes, what? I go, we're staying here two nights. And I realize no one stays here two nights. This is a place where you like crash for four hours. You go to the fuck. Dude, Franco tells me that he goes back to the front desk. It's like 15 minutes after we checked in. My room stank like cigarettes. It was a non-smoking room, but I don't care. I've dealt with that. He's literally, he's like, it's not even a functioning blanket, man. There's like more hole area than blanket area. He said, as he walks in, the guy goes, look, man, it's not a four-star hotel. Starts yelling at him before he says a word. He's like, "We, I can't refund you your money for the room. He's like, no, I just need a new blanket. He's like, just take a new room. Dude, both nights we were there at like 4.30 in the morning, people started pounding on Franco's door and he has no idea why. He started standing next to the door ready to fight people if they came through. <laughs> this is not a fucking exaggeration at all. I noticed when I left my room that the room next to mine had a welcome sign handwritten up in the window. And at one point when I left, there was a trans woman. And you guys know me well enough to know. I'm just telling the facts of the story. Standing in the doorway. And she was like, oh, the weather's kind of hot today, huh? I'm like, yeah, it's a little hotter than I expected. But I was like, I'm from up north, so I figure the south is always like this. And she's laughing. And I look and she's got all these fucking ring lights set up around the bed. I can see behind her. And I'm like, oh, I think there is a trans woman filming pornography in the room next to mine. I think there's a porn shoot happening in this room because there's straight up lights on tripods set up. The time she's live streaming. She's trying to, she's trying like to lure live you streaming in. or cam girling or something. And they have to give credit for properly lighting the scene. Dude, but I heard that door opening over and over again the two days we were there. And I was like, oh, there's a welcome sign. I was like, there is a prostitute running her business out of the room. And my room shares a wall with that room. 
it went on and on, man, this fucking place where I made Franco stay. Remember when your hotel room almost killed you over the summer last year? Yeah, that was excellent. That oh, was- that fucking nonsense, man. <laughs> where was that? Was that in Canada? You were in Canada. You were in Vancouver, I think. Dude, I was in fucking Canada. Yeah. And the fucking yeah. room, I walk in and there was an air freshener on, which I what I thought was an air purifier. This was during the COVID era. So I'm like, oh, they have they have air filters in every room. Nice. And I couldn't stop fucking coughing. <laughs> coughing, coughing, coughing. Waking up all night coughing, but like a weird cough where it felt strange. And then I looked at the machine and it was an ozone machine. And then I Google, I was like, what the fuck is an ozone machine? And it's basically they blast it to get smells out. That's that smell you smell in a hotel that's like kind of like a new car smell, but not. And I looked at it and like, you can straight up die from breathing in too much of it. And I was in a room with it on for 24 hours. Yeah, you're- it was bad. And then I had to go down and tell them. And the guy was like, it's not an ozone machine. I was like, it's sitting in my room. It says ozone on the set. I was like, I've never heard of an ozone <laughs> machine. I learned about it because you left one in my room and I read on the side of it. That's how I know what an ozone machine is. He's like, we definitely didn't. And then he sends someone up on the cleaning staff. That I hear them on the, on the fucking walkie-talkie. Yeah, boss, it's an ozone machine. He's like, oh. And then I go, I've Googled it. I was like, people have sued hotels for millions of dollars for leaving ozone machines on in the room. They've sued you. For, and he's like, I'll get you a better room right now. I'm like, what a sweet asshole. Yeah, they didn't. It wasn't even a fucking upgrade, man. Ugh. It's a very similar room. Fucking Canadians. These people. They should travel. Tell you. I'm slowing down my travel a lot. But I will say, man, Newark Airport, I don't hate it as much as you do, Mike D, although I don't think it's great. I mostly hate the poor treatment that you get through security. That's probably my number one gripe with Newark Airport. It's just insane the way that you're treated when you go through security. Even if you have all the, you know, fancy, you know, passes to get through, you still are pre-check. Yeah, all that. Global entry. Even with pre I have pre-check and I travel all the time, so I know what I'm doing. I have global entry. But God forbid you ever hesitate or ask a question. They rip your fucking head off. It's not good. I got flagged for extra security over the summer. And I always I, I was going on a work trip and the woman's like, okay, I'm going to open your bag. I'm like, okay, but it's a camera bag. So you have to open it upside down. What I mean is this, like the zipper is on the back. And I'm like, don't open it that way. Don't open it. And she opens it that way. And every single one of my lenses and my cameras drop like three feet onto the floor. It's like, I'm like telling you, like, please open this the other way. That's like, that's almost telling them to do the wrong thing. Stuff like that is just mind boggling because it would have taken no effort to just open it the way I'm telling you to open it. Only to find that there's nothing in there, but like uh, halls. Lysol wipes. <laughs> One of the worst things historically and still exists to this day, which is its own personal hell, is driving through the loop that gets you to any of the terminals. And if you exit this loop by accident when you're trying to get to a terminal and you take the airport exits ones, you're absolutely screwed getting back to the terminal loop again after that, if not navigated properly, which is very difficult even with GPS around there. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, the tangle of roads surrounding Newark Airport is rough, and I've driven them a million times, and I still get lost. But I'm glad we have it. 
I'm glad we have our little our little international hub. Even if you kind of have to fight to survive there, and even if you have to spend too much money there, and even if you can't make a single mistake or ask a single question, I am glad we have it. And we can't get into the fancy private restaurant. Uh, that someday, fun. one day, someday we will. There's always taquitos at Seven Eleven, though, so that's that's for everybody. If you're looking for fancy food, taquitos at the Seven Eleven. Hey everybody, how's it going? This is the voice of super producer and editor Carson Cop here to wrap up this week's episode for you. I think it should go without saying that the listener challenge for the week, whether it be from scratch or with the assistance of AI, should be to recreate the painting that Gethard's talking about and post it on the Patreon. Actually, don't do that. Do the project, but don't um, post it where um, children can see it because that wouldn't be um, remotely appropriate. Um, to, the, to the note of the Norwegian man with five pounds of cocaine in his spandex shorts, I really hope that a TSA agent, or a cop for that matter, didn't turn down the opportunity to ask him, hey, is that five pounds of cocaine in your pants? Or are you just happy to see me? Bonus points if you followed up with, or do you have a lower bowel issue? An entire episode about Newark Airport. Pretty amazing. I, I think we can go back to this well. I don't think we even scratched the surface. But Newark Airport is a great metaphor I found for New Jersey, which was uh, encapsulated perfectly by Gethard when he said, you have to fight to survive there. You spend too much money just to be there. And you're not allowed to make mistakes or ask questions, or you might end up out on the street. And that's kind of beautiful and terrifyingly true to a certain extent. But just like in greater New Jersey, we keep it clean, but a little grimy at the same time. And we keep it moving. That I am proud to announce the next listener meetup for New Jersey is the World will be at The Dirty Bird. And it will be a 24-hour poker game hosted and ran by Nikki Bonaduce. Tickets will be invite-only, limited to no fewer than 453 people that we will cram into a hotel room at The Dirty Bird for said poker game. And there will be live music. There will be a band in that room just tearing it up. <laughs> Last chance to dance, New Jersey. All right, so, ladies and gentlemen, here comes the fun part. I beseech you to bang the line of the Google voicemail account that we have here at the home office of New Jersey is the World at 973-780-4660. Leave us a message in regards to any Newark airport stories that you may have that you'd like to share with us and with New Jersey in general. And if it passes our super high bar, we've got staff working around the clock <laughs> to peel through your messages and offer up only the cream of the crop so that they may be featured on an episode of the Garden State Gagoots, a show on our Patreon feed, featuring all the hosts from all the channels and shows on this lovely little network that we call New Jersey is the World, where we respond to your voicemails. So call us up. It is, once again, 973-780-4660. And bonus points, if you bang said line from a nicotine-stained rotary phone, it can 
also be used as a weapon if your room is invaded by zombie hookers. You can find us on Instagram at New Jersey is the world. You can find us on the greater internet at New Jersey is the world.com. You can find us on patreon.com where you can listen to our free feed episodes or sign up for a subscription where you get twice as much bang for your buck. Um, a bunch of extra stuff, extra shows, extra, extra, read all about it. You can get merch over at belowthecollar.com after searching for Chris Gethard. Ladies and gentlemen, that's about it. I'm going to keep it moving over here. Thank you so much for your listenership. Thank you so much for your patronage. Tell a friend, tell a family member. Join the party. New Jersey is the world. We will talk to and also at you soon. See you around, everybody. Have a great week. Bye. Cause if that gets in the way.